The infernal machine lay in an underground room in the danger buildings of the Royal Arsenal. A sandbag structure round the inspection bench kept observers an arm's length away. Illumination was provided by gaslight reflected through glass. First time I've ever set eyes upon one, said Detective Sergeant Cribb, innocent of what was to come. For all their destructive possibilities, the parts were pleasingly arranged in a metal cash box. A cheap alarm clock from which the back had been removed. A pistol attached to it with copper wire so that when the alarm was released, the revolving winder would be set in motion and depress the trigger. Seven detonators ready in the box, their ends presented to the muzzle. Cakes of dynamite stacked around the side. The hole wrapped in cloth and wedged into a large leather portmanteau stuffed just as solidly with dynamite. It would have made an appreciable alteration to Paddington Station last February if the mechanism had worked, observed Colonel Martin, the Home Office Inspector of Explosives. A formidable crop of black whiskers covered three quarters of his face, but his eyes were pale blue and had a wistful look. The men from Scotland Yard visualised the scene of devastation in Mr Brunel's great glass and iron structure. Might I venture to inquire what prevented it from working? asked Detective Inspector Jowett after a decent interval. Observe, commanded the Colonel, thrusting a wooden pointer in the direction of the bomb. His companions swayed back on their heels. Do you see the brass plate on the back of the clock under the gun? And you notice the pin at the corner. Well, gentlemen, the Great Western Railway owes the survival of its principal terminus to nothing of more consequence than that pin. It was fractionally dislodged when the bomb was put in place, and it projected far enough from the plate to check the deadly action of the alarm winder. Fancy that, said Inspector Jowett so dedicated to the cause of personal advancement that he was ready to fancy anything a senior officer showed him. Merely a pin, you say? By Jove, I detect the hand of providence in this. A pity providence was unable to prevent the explosion at Victoria Station the same night, said Colonel Martin acidly. Perhaps the directors of the London, Brighton and South Coast Railway should search their souls for an explanation. I tend to take a less spiritual view of things, Inspector. The working parts of an infernal machine are relatively simple to arrange, but their effectiveness depends on the proximity of a large and cumbersome mass of dynamite. When all this is encased in a portmanteau and conveyed in hazardous circumstances to the site selected for destruction, you may imagine that a delicate mechanism is liable to be displaced. I can imagine it perfectly thanks to your lucid explanation, said Inspector Jowett. The Colonel gave him a long look. Well, that is what happened at Paddington on the night of February the 25th. As you probably recall, not only that, Jowett broke in. Other bombs that had failed to detonate were found next day at two other stations, London Bridge and Ludgate Hill. I don't know what happened to them, but you might find it worth your while to examine them, Colonel. Thank you.
They are in the room behind you. Each of the alarms was set for one o'clock, the time the explosion took place in the cloakroom at Victoria. Unless you have other information, of course. Not at all. Simultaneous explosions. Ugly business. There's an organisation behind this, Colonel. Depend upon it. The Colonel indicated with a slight narrowing of the eyes that the possibility had not escaped him. A conspiracy, Jowett continued without check, steaming ahead on all boilers. No doubt about it. Dynamitards, they're here in London, leaving bombs in station cloakrooms like bowler hats. Question is, Colonel, what have you discovered about them? You can't tell me this box of tricks hasn't furnished you with information. I know you chaps from the Home Office too well for that. 